We're here, Nikki. We're here. In person. Again. Uh, yes. That's like two weeks in a row. Yeah. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. And I had myself like a little like thought that passed through my brain and I was like, I'm going to ask this question out loud the next time that we see each other. So are you ready for a question to get I, us started? I think so. Okay. So let's just say that you were going to go on a picnic. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah, you're pick a nickin. Okay. And not knit picking. Right. Okay. No. Pick None a of that. Okay. So you're pick a nickin and you have the opportunity to eat a picnic, spend a day with someone who's famous, dead or alive. I want you to picture in your head who that would be. And I'm going to do the same. Okay. All right. And I realize that's a tough question, so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you guys. I asked Nikki ahead of time because I feel like this was a very unfair thing to ask someone to do on the spot. <laughs> I needed like a solid half hour to figure this out. And here we are, and I'm still sweating. Okay. I'm still nervous because right. I'm picturing at least three people. Okay. So I thought what we could do then is we would just see 16 episodes in, <laughs> have we spent enough time with each other? To land on whoever that person is in guessing each other's famous person, dead or alive? The answer is no, because I'm going to zig and you're going to zag because that's the nature of our relationship. Yeah, probably so. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and... Are you ready for me to make a guess? Mm -hmm. Okay. So... And then I'm going to decide if you're right. <laughs> well, I will... Oh, well, that doesn't seem fair. <laughs> so, well, now that you said that we're going to zig and zag, I'm, I want to say Stephen Hawking, because that would be a really big zag for you, I think. But I had two guesses in mind. Okay. One is Taylor Swift, mm -hmm. because I feel like that's like one of your favorite people on earth okay all right accurate. she's yep yep she's nodding her head in, in addition to saying <laughs> the words accurate and then number two i was thinking dolly parton oh is it better than who was on your list <laughs> dolly definitely is uh so i have like as soon as i started thinking about that question i had like three people in my head you got one of them one of them was taylor swift i would love the opportunity to just sit down with her and just like Get in her head. Just like tell me. Yeah, Taylor. Tell how how does one promote a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Question number one. Could you put us on your Instagram? You seem like you've got some good marketing strategies. Do you want to share any? You've no idea, and you're not an Uber fan, so I feel confident in saying no, you have don't no say idea. That here. <laughs> but <laughs> not that you're not a fan. You're I not an she, Uber fan. I, yeah, that's true. I think she's a genius. So that's the, that's the point. Like when you get into her marketing, it is really amazing. So she was one. Dolly is an amazing. That is so true. And yes, Dolly would be cool too. Um, but I actually was thinking Queen Elizabeth and or Kate Middleton. Thank you. Kate was the other one. I forgot that. I, I knew I figured she would be on your list mm -hmm. for me. She's the other one. I'm just I would have so many questions for them about life in the spotlight and life in the royal family. And do they really feel like ordained by God or like how do they feel about this role they've landed in? Okay, so we're also suspending belief and whoever we're having this picnic with, they really will open up and tell us all the things. I think that's an important caveat, right? I assumed that caveat, but actually when I was thinking about this, I meant to ask you that before we started, but I didn't want to pepper you with questions about the rules since I figured this was all suspending belief. <laughs> so what? they were number... No, Taylor Swift. Shh. Come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and then my like 
third slash fourth one if I'm considering Kate and the Queen as number two. Actually, my grandmother on my mom's side, um, she passed away when I was a sophomore in college. And I feel like I never really got to ask her. She had a very fascinating life. Not good, um, but fascinating. And so I never got the chance to talk to her about it and to learn about it. And I've heard about it from family and I've heard their kind of version of her life, but it would have been cool to hear that from her. Okay, so I'm not going to take your grandma away from you, but I do have to ask, was your grandma famous? Famous to me. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. She's famous to me. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to take away your grandma. From you. <laughs> um, so I thought not saying famous might open up the channels too broad, oh. which is the reason I didn't say that. But um, like you've told me a couple of tidbits and I would also like to sit down with your grandma. Yeah. I ruined your game for you, but those are mine. No, and I wish we had put some coffee on it. Um, Okay, so are you ready to guess mine? I think I have a guess. I have one guess. Okay. I would have guessed Queen Elizabeth or like someone in the royal family. Um, I would have guessed that, but as I was saying it, I was looking at your face and thinking that wasn't it. Okay. So my second guess is Audrey Hepburn. That's a really good guess, and I did think about that, but and but I, I she's so perfect and so good that I felt like I couldn't get any hot goss. Oh, I want some hot goss. Oh, I see. I see. Okay, okay. So, um, you want to take one more guess, or you want me to just tell you it is? I want you to tell me. Marilyn Monroe. God damn it! I oh, I knew. Do you, okay. So the funny thing is, is like, you know, I listen to podcasts a lot. And so I've been in an armchair expert hole, mm. um, which sounds weird, but like <laughs> I, so I've just been like, I get on like a train mm. and that's the train I stay on. So okay. I, I, you know, that podcast has been on for like three or four years now. So there's a lot of episodes and I almost caught myself going to be like, I would like to sit down with Dak Shepard because I actually think he sounds like a very fascinating human being. Oh. And I don't want to take that away because I I think that's true. But in the universe of everything, I had to go with Marilyn because, one, I need to know, just in case we can just go to the conspiracy theorist, what happened that day? Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. And then also, she's a fascinating human being. She's like a method actor, like one of the most famous method actors ever. She was never really given um, like a fair shake. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in Hollywood in a perfectly terrible time. Mm-hmm. Um, she basically, uh, I mean, she is one of the most recognized faces and bodies on the entire planet, um, you know, since the 50s. And she, that the amount of money she made did not equal out mm-hmm. what they took from her. Mm-hmm. And she got kind of classified as this ditzy blonde. So I think what really um, is the most fascinating to me is that in 2012, um, is it Strasburg? is the method acting coach and um, had a bunch of really famous actors underneath him. Um, And she also was a student of his as well. And they found a bunch of her letters when he died. Mm -hmm. And uh, they wound up doing a documentary called Love, Marilyn, and brought in a bunch of actors to read from these letters. Mm -hmm. Marilyn Monroe was a genius. Mm. Um, And so, and I think that sort of goes in line too 
with Taylor Swift a little bit because I think that's somebody that people underestimate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's somebody that like, you know, she's come out and said some things that are more political. I think that actually made me like her more. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not a popular opinion in the South, but oh well. Um, so I I thought that was really brave mm-hmm. um, because I think people are like, hey, you know, you're famous. You don't get an opinion. And that's not fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as long as you're you're fairly using your platform and you're not using it as like a like in a, a, a bullish way, mm-hmm. I, you know, you met, you got there. You should be able to say what you want to say. So I, I all, all that to say that I think there's some similarities between the two people that we mm. chose. Mm-hmm. And that, guys, is this week's extra. Sh- oh wait, no, it's just <laughs> the beginning of the podcast. Sorry, guys. we haven't even started. Sorry, yet. yeah, we haven't. And 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 so and that's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I picked a long start. No, it was interesting. I I do. I mean, there's so much more I could say. And and as you think about, like you said, that universe of people, like I thought through presidents and how cool it would be um, to sit down and and yeah, assuming they're going to open up to you, but ask them, what is it like to um, be one of the most recognizable faces on the planet? What is that pressure like when you have to make life or death decisions? So there were tons of people I thought through. And it sounds cheesy to have Taylor Swift on my list, but she really has done some really cool things. Um, What you were saying about not being political in her music or just like in her platform. She talks a lot about that in her documentary about how in country music, which is relevant to um, our next episode, she talks about how you don't want to be Dixie Chicked because the Dixie Chicks accidentally said how they felt about something and not so accidentally but they said it and then they were kind of blackballed for a long time in country music so taylor said as long as she was in that world that just felt impossible to her and i just i would love to talk about that in in how true is that i know that's what she said externally about how true is that um and what do we take from that and what do we learn from that so i could have picked a million people but she would be cool to talk to I mean, like, I could almost go on this entire episode about this. I know. We could keep talking. (laughs) Yeah, because I have to tell you, um, I'll go ahead and just say that uh, just thinking and bringing it back to Designing Women, uh, before we get into this episode in the description, which um, I'm going to toss over to you, I am at this point again where I, like, didn't love this episode, so. Yeah. Uh, But that's okay. It's fun. It's fun to talk about the good ones, and it's fun to talk about the ones that you just go, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. So this one is Reese's Friend mm-hmm. is the name of episode 16. We're at episode 16, so that's kind of cool. We're really, really trekking along at this point. Uh, do you want to take us into the episode description, Nikki? Sure. Jealousy takes a giant step forward when Julia assumes her friend Reese is overly preoccupied with the beautiful new attorney in his law office. Ooh. Her friend. Her friend Reese. We've well established he's more than her friend. You think that they just feel weird calling like a guy that age boyfriend? We don't need no age discrimination in our Hulu episode descriptions. Well, maybe they, yeah, I don't know. They could have called him a man friend. They called, could have called him her intimate partner. Well, I think that I actually think that I had a good description, which was there's trouble in paradise when Reese is spending a lot of time with a new lawyer at his firm. Yeah, there you go. So go with Salinas. Hulu, if you want to borrow that, you can pay us for it. Um, so this one aired on February 22nd, 1987. I did not look at those dates. I wonder if that was supposed to be our fourth, um, Valentine's Day episode uh, or was the last one a Valentine's Day episode? Uh, the la- I think the last one would uh, have been. This would have been a good one. Uh, so it was written by LBT and it was directed by Arlene Sanford. Well, there you go. Uh, so 
Desperate Housewives, Allie McBill, and Pretty Little Liars are all on that oh, okay. list, which I thought was kind of cool because we don't sometimes like we'll see the credits, the filmography credits, and it's like their career stopped in '88, mm-hmm. you know. And so the fact that they've gone on to do something as recent as Pretty Little Liars is yeah, that's substantial. So well, there you go. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll, I guess we can just start with the cold open. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we learn here that we're headed in this epi- episode towards an annual pre-spring ball at the country club. So we're getting mm. fancy in this episode. We're really showing, um, where, where our, uh, ladies sit and Julia and Suzanne, as we know, they come from a pretty advantageous background. They're in a different social status than we are. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and then we get this whole thing about Julia has, has, uh, voted down the theme that they were going to do, which Suzanne really loved, which was hobo heaven (laughs) and, or maybe hobo haven. Hobo heaven. It is heaven. Uh It's even worse. Uh huh. I don't know why haven made it better, but (laughs) Julia's description. Sounds like they died. Of why she came in and it was, it was distasteful or tacky. And I was like. Well, that's an interesting way of saying, like, super stigmatizing and <laughs> way tone deaf. What, you don't take your spare time to go dress up like poor people? I don't understand. It's so strange. Yeah, it was, it was all really weird. But the other thing is, is we also kind of get in the beginning how we're going to bring all of these people into the same room. Right. And that's basically Julia buys everybody in the office tickets because it's for a good cause. Mm-hmm. Um, we just skip the dressing like poor people part. Well, they changed the theme. It's not that anymore. They can dress however they want now. That's right. Julia fixed it. Yep. Uh, and then we also have to figure out how to bring Anthony in. Right. We sort of come out of the cold open. Um, and uh, this is kind of nice because it, 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 we are kind of streaming in the junior college thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's picked up a schedule of spring classes, but he's having trouble pay, paying for tuition. So mm-hmm. the way we're going to get him into the episode is Julia's going to get him a job at the country club as a waiter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have, like, of course, a snide comment from Suzanne. That, like, he has no experience in a fancy place, basically. And then um, Anthony lets them know, excuse me, I was the chief maitre d' at Dunbar Correctional Institute for Men for six months. That's a big big role. That's important. (laughs) It is. We also get our first mention of T. Tommy Reed. Did you notice this? I did. Okay. So this is a name, again, like we've talked about before. I've, I've never watched the show all the way through like we're watching it, but I do remember this name. Well, every time they say dude now, too, or Anthony does, I definitely think of you. It definitely needs to be on the on the bingo card. He calls him the meanest dude on Anthony's cell block, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and But the whole point of this is that the reason he knows is it's something like, oh, T. Tommy Reed checked out some kind of book from the library about table manners and then basically like was shanking people for not getting their <laughs> table manners correct. I don't know. But the important thing also that we get out of this, and it's going to connect to this week's extra sugar is that Anthony knows how to fold his napkin into a tulip pattern. (laughs) So uh, that's lovely. It's an underappreciated life skill, I think. I guess so. So, um, so that, that kind of, um, forays us into the my man now i'm just like making up words That's and fine. use them in the wrong place <laughs> mm-hmm. um but that sort of kind of pushes us into the episode and we and now reese arrives and we haven't seen reese since they got married and then an old right okay 
Um, and he's there to cancel his date with Julia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's because his firm is working on a lawsuit. And then a very attractive woman comes in. Mm-hmm. Shannon Gibbs. And she's a new attorney at the firm. So. And Julia totally couldn't care about her. It's nice he got help. Yeah, she like everything like uh, she is fine with it. It is that's a very fair point. It's the women that make uh, after he leaves that starts to really kind of edge at her self esteem. They do that thing, that thing that women do, which is pour gasoline on the fire. Yeah, that and that's that's really too bad, honestly. But yeah. it definitely happens, and um, and 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 Suzanne is leading the charge, of course. Yeah. But Anthony's not too impressed by her. She's got big feet. Okay, so here's the thing. This, I thought, was a really nice, impressive reminder that men have can sometimes have a really good skill of knowing how to not, speaking of feet, put theirs in their own mouth. Oh, uh-huh. So that just kind of, it kind of made me laugh. It was like, there wasn't, there wasn't a skipping of a beat. But you could tell, obviously, he thinks this woman is attractive. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just, like, perfectly, like, mm, I don't know. She kind of seemed like she had big feet to me. And then I'm going to get out of here. Right. So the other women got into her head about Shannon. Anthony tried to help her. She wasn't buying it. So we know for the rest of the episode, Julia is going to be upset about this Shannon Reesing. Mm-hmm. So then some time passes and we come back to Sugar Bakers and we set up kind of the second big plot line of this story or maybe third plot line, I guess, if you're counting Anthony's as the second, which is that Charlene has seen a psychic. <laughs> do, do, do. Good things are coming of this psychic. So it's not the run of the mill like someone you saw someone in green yesterday or anything like that. This time it is you're going to meet the father of your children at a big social event this week. Yeah, that's got to be like all the psychic capital, right? She, like, all of her chips went in on that. Yes. I'm assuming it was a female. I don't yes. know why. That's oh, sexist yeah. of me. I, I don't know. But wouldn't you think, just to stop there for a second, isn't Charlene sort of like a psychics? Like, they see her coming and they're like, oh, <laughs> ching, ching. You know what I mean? Well, you know, Charlene's <laughs> taken the bait on a couple of things. So A time or two. Yeah. Um, so we get that kind of coming in into the episode now that we're going to have kind of a, a little bit of a Charlene story, which is great because I'm a big Charlene fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's a Reese Julia head to head moment. This is the thing. And it escalates so fast, very quickly, so fast. Reese keeps calling it a misunderstanding, but it's right in front of the other women, which is kind of funny. I mean, like the way that they played it and that like he kind of introduces this kind of argument that they start to have. Like, as a misunderstanding, then there's a button on the end where, like, they've basically, like, taken each other to task. And he's like, what, y'all have never seen a misunderstanding? But let's back into that about how all this got started. So I have a bunch of thoughts about it. Um, Julia openly, so he comes in and cancels going to the ball with her. He says he's not going to be able to Mm because he has to, depositions or lawyer such. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Uh, But he's not going to be able to go. So then she is sort of like, well, I'm not surprised and gets into all the reasons she's not surprised. He acts like he has no idea what she's talking about. She openly accuses him of lusting after Shannon. Mm-hmm. He says he's not. Um, and maybe I got it wrong. Maybe he wasn't canceling the dance. Maybe he was canceling a different date. Oh, it was just a different date. It was yeah. a different date. Sorry about mm-hmm. that. He was canceling a different date. He said it's it's her he's going to take to the date. Six dates. Six in a row. Six in a row. That's right. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. I th- And I think... Um, 
I just imagine she's had enough time to marinate and really let this whole Shannon thing take over everything, right? You can imagine how it's like propagated in her brain, right? Uh, definitely. It starts as like this tiny little kernel she was trying to ignore and then Suzanne turns on the flame and it pops into a piece of popcorn and then it just keeps popping. Well, and once you get to six dates, I mean, I understand like you, you're busy, you got work and that's fine. But six dates, that's pretty rude at that that's point. He does offer for her to go on the deposition. That's true. He invites her, <laughs> but which is real generous. What did he say? He said... He said, oh, to come along with us mm-hmm. and the us with Shannon. And mm-hmm. that's when it really started to all unravel. I, You know, I think, I mean, she just flies off the handle. She loses it a little bit. And and again, I think anger is fine, but she proceeds to tell him she's going to call the police and have him arrested for trespassing. Um, and then and then he makes a comment about how sometimes she just needs to be taken out and horse whipped. These were different times, ladies. <laughs> My notes say, good Lord. <laughs> and I, I do, to me, that um, that was a very Rep Butler mm. Gone with the Wind thing. I think LBT was a big Gone with the Wind fan. I, mm. And I just think that this was like, I mean, let's just remember that domestic culture, domestic culture, yep. <laughs> domestic abuse really used to be very baked in, mm. you know. And so I know that's not the road he's going on, but I, but or down. But I do feel like that's wrapped into even the very language that we still speak today. Mm. You know my feelings about the rule of thumb, mm. because that's how wide you could something could be to hit your wife with. So yes, that bothers me a little bit when we use it in business language. So I think um, it was just a lot. It, and you know, he obviously he really doesn't mean it, but it kind of strikes you in a certain way. Yeah. Like a horse whip, maybe. Yeah, I think two things I wanted to say about their argument. So I think he's, we talked at the very beginning of the episode how they're in a different social stratosphere then i'll speak for myself i won't pull you into that but oh yes i'm going to bowls all the time (laughs) also we're sitting here we're so out of it we're calling it a ball this is a dance (laughs) so he the whole time calls it a misunderstanding because it would be ungentlemanly to acknowledge the fact that they're fighting in front of other people but Mm. i think i'm so bothered by the fact that they did it in front of other people because that seems so tacky to me Mm -hmm. that just feels like if they had any ounce of etiquette and courtesy they would know you don't fight in front of other people stick around for extra sugar or we'll talk about (laughs) southern etiquette Uh, so she tells him well you're not the man that's going to do it speaking of him of someone Uh, horsewhipping her mm -hmm. and just basically he leaves he says he turns to the other ladies haven't you ever seen a misunderstanding before and leaves um so then it's another amount of time maybe the next day or something and julia is obviously distracted Mary Jo tells her she thinks she's depressed and just needs to go ahead and call Reese. And Julia says, I've never been happier. And I've never believed someone less. And then Suzanne sweeps in, as she's one to do. She's always there. She's always there with just the news you need. Lend a helping hand. What's the news this time? Well, the news this time is that Reese is taking Shannon to the dance the ball whatever this thing is this country club event um so that takes a lot of balls <laughs> uh and so i will just say that my parting thought on this was good grief am i gonna have to say this every time we have an episode with these two are they adults mm, yeah and that's it so in this next scene is when when we get them all at the ball this is when everybody gets there. Yep, we're there. We're there. Um, Mary Jo, Suzanne, and Charlene have all ridden together. They're in High's limo. Yep. 
He's not there. Right. This is Suzanne's date. Right. Oh, we didn't talk about that earlier yet. He's 112. That's how she <laughs> likes him. <laughs> um, so they're all there. Julia arrives separately with a much younger date. Reese is there with Shannon and Anthony is waiting tables. That's this part of the episode. That sounds all accurate to me. We also get some fancy fashion from our ladies. We'll have to drop a a screenshot of that into our social media or something because it is something it is a treat for the eyes so i have two thoughts about mary joe here one related to what you're saying so i loved charlene and suzanne's dresses they brought the glitter again you know how i feel about the sequins mary joe man that poor creature why do they keep putting her in this stuff why yeah i don't know well this is the sexiest thing she's been in and it's just i do think it's I think it's probably challenging because she is really petite Mm -hmm. and Suzanne and um, Charlene are what I would describe as statuesque. Mm. Um, And so I think they just have a lot like a lot of that evening wear tends to um, work better, I think, on tall people. Mm. Um, For instance, I'm wearing a long dress today and I was tripping on it up the stairs (laughs) (laughs) and I'm having to throw the end of it over my shoulder just to make it up without breaking my neck. So it's just a different world we live down here in this five foot two lane. (laughs) All right. All right. So I'll give her a pass. I will also say, though, may we never forget what a lightweight she is. Oh, yeah, she's already, she tied one on in the in the limo. Accidentally, she thought it was juice or something. Sure she did. <laughs> she just like licks the outside of the bottle and she's like, woo, and like <laughs> top's coming off and it's getting crazy in there. I don't know. But, so yeah. we find out that High didn't come to the ball because he had the audacity to get an open heart surgery. This is coming from Suzanne, sure. of course. <laughs> right. Um, Charlene is attracted to the wait staff. She finds a man and is like, that's the man I'm going to marry. And Suzanne's like, yeah, of course it is. He works here. <laughs> um, well, we also get our Southern etiquette tip here, which is because Suzanne lets them know as they're heading in um, to go sit down with some very fancy people. So everybody needs to act their best. Do not, do not embarrass me. Mm-hmm. That's, she, she lays it down. Well, good. She doesn't want him to do anything uncouth. I think we get the word uncouth again. We love uncouth around here. Mm. Uh, So this is about when Julia makes her grand entrance with her younger date, Harrison. Ooh la la la. I gotta say, since we talked about fashion, I'm gonna say, I don't love Julia's pinstripe purple formal gown. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't loving it. Yeah. But her date is some quiet arm candy. (laughs) Oh, was he? Oh, yeah. I thought he was a very attractive. I didn't even notice. A very attractive man. I'm Anthony here. I had no idea. He looked like he had big feet. <laughs> I want to make 10 jokes, but I'm not going to do I know. I realized. I teed you up. I teed you up. Disappointed me. <clears throat> so Reese makes room for them at the table. There's a joke about a high chair in there. He and Julia. They're both young. Right. This mm. this attractive arm candy that Julia has brought is also young. So there there we need multiple high chairs at the table. Um, mm. I thought it was really funny when Julia came in and said to the other ladies, uh, like, I'm sorry, we're late. I hope we didn't miss anything. And Mary Jo said, no, nah, we thought some man was going to father Charlene's children. He was just going to the bathroom because <laughs> she's continuing to lust after these men as they're walking by. Oh, yeah. She's ready. So. A couple more things in this this part of the episode for me. Shannon asks Reese to dance with her. So then Julia says she wants to rumba. That's a- with Harrison. 
that was so strange. And then, and then that's like, I have in my notes, like, now we're off in the races to the one-upmanship. So yes. we're just really going to do a little uh, tat for tot. Wanted to try. <laughs> I don't like tit for tat. <laughs> well, that's one way to avoid it. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> so I'll say all of them and confuse you. <laughs> Um, but Harrison, I think Julia did not come out on top because Harrison's going to charge her extra to dance. Okay. Okay. Let's take a pause right there. Isn't that like escort 101? What's that? Don't say in a very loud voice that you're going to have to charge extra for something. Why don't you set those ground rules at the beginning? There's a reason that we're hiring your services. Weird. I, I don't know what you're talking about, Selena. <laughs> I'm not sure of these rules of which you speak i'm not familiar You're telling me that if you spent money on an escort you wouldn't be upset if they were like uh that's gonna cost you extra when you're obviously bringing someone in to make an impression if i were paying for an escort there's more for me to be upset about selena <laughs> well it's not as funny if they don't make a big deal about it in front of reese oh the show Right. 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 Okay. That's right. This is a television show. Yes, I One hear you. I don't it. think Harrison was the best escort. Um, maybe he was new. Also extra for dancing. I mean, I know there's extra for things, but dancing? <laughs> Shouldn't that come with the package? <laughs> I don't understand. Good point. You're made all good points, Selena. You are making good points. It's either obvious that I've had a number of escorts in my life or zero. The thing is, when I think you're going to zig, you zag. You guys be the judge. Have I had multiple or none? Multiple or none? I'm going to keep you guessing. Uh, Anthony's had a bad night, too. Yeah, man. He's not feeling these people. Apparently, high society folks are worse than who he dealt with during his unfortunate incarceration. Anthony, I could have told you that. (laughs) Light my bick. Flick my ash, swizzle my stick. It was a great line. Yeah, it was great. Although, I, I, do you think they purposely stay, stayed away from flick my bick? <laughs> that was the slogan, I think, for bick. Oh, was it? Yeah, I think it was. Oh, well, maybe. I, just, I feel like I just harassed you. When he said flick my ash, I was like, excuse me? I had to rewind that one a couple well, I'm of like, times. Well, now that you said that, I'm like, <laughs> we're just over here being dirty. <laughs> Oops. Um, I do like also this camaraderie between JD and Anthony. Mm-hmm. Like they legitimately seem like they're friends. Part of me, especially over this episode, was sitting there. This will tell you where my mind was during this, where I just felt frankly bored, was that I wanted to imagine a show with the two of them. Oh. And so by day, JD is a talent scout as he for the Braves, as he is, and Anthony is a delivery person. But by night... They deliver justice. (laughs) Fighting crime in the city of Atlanta and bringing racial harmony to the South. (laughs) I think you're on to something. I mean... That could have been a thing. We could have done something with that. Well, now we're going to have to think who the actors for today would be if you wanted to make that show happen. So that's your assignment. Who would you put in those roles today? Would you be assigning me things? (laughs) So then, of course, this is the last act of the show, which means we're going to resolve this thing with Julia and Reese. Um, so that's going to work this out. <laughs> we'll, let's see. You know what? Let's see. Who knows? My guess is yes. Uh, she has a shocking moment when she learns that he's um, prepared some clothing choices that are um, that are making her feel something. 
he still she thinks he's gonna go to bed with shannon because he's chosen different underwear well they've bought new underwear let's not let's not beat around the bush that's what's happening he's still claiming he's not into her um and then some things happen so some things happen but it starts with a dance between julia and reese it does. And well, and this is where the new boxer stuff comes up. I think Julia's like, I mean, he might, well, I didn't understand why we were spending so much time on the man's underwear. That's what I'm going to say. I just, I didn't understand why that was. I mean, I kind of understand why it's an indicator of a new relationship. You want to look your best the first time you're in your underwear. I just like, I didn't, it just really threw Julia for a loop. And I think that's the important part. This conversation they have about him having new underwear. He's on this date. I'm like, this is what you're upset about. Not the fact that the man, like the thing you were worried about was that he had this young, attractive woman working for the law firm and they were spending a lot of time together. You guys had a huge fight over it. And now he brought her as his date, but that wasn't, that didn't clue her in. That wasn't the thing. It was the underwear. Well, she also says that he's in love with her. She goes back to the table with the girls and says, it's all over. He's in love with her. I'm not buying it because a man in love with a woman wears old janky underwear. (laughs) He's not buying new underwear. So I don't think he's in love with her. Initially? I I mean she cheat but he initially isn't in love with her uh-huh. and Julia says he's in love with her uh-huh. so Julia has skipped a bunch of what steps. we're trying to say people <laughs> Pe- person <laughs> grandma no I'm just kidding grandma won't listen to the podcast because she can't figure out how to work it you're gonna be real embarrassed when you finally get to this episode and I say that grandma anyways so mean to your grandma <laughs> I love my grandmas both of them they're just Sometimes they're not up and up on the technologies. Um, but but what we're trying to say here is don't make your life decisions around underwear. Is that fair enough? I feel like that's a good takeaway for today. I also appreciate that you said, why are we talking so much about a man's underwear? And then we proceeded to talk about a man's underwear for an extended amount of time. That is what we do <laughs> not for a living. So they finish their dance. Julia's just totally heartbroken because yeah. this is not going the way she wanted it to go. <laughs> So I'm clutching my pearls right now because Shannon tries to strike up an affair with Reese. And I'm going to go back to the comment that's in my note, which is, good Lord. She was super forthright and it made me super uncomfortable. I was, I mean, okay, can we just break down what she says? We can. Are I you going to be okay? I only have the I only have the one line that really stressed me out. I think I'm getting red again. Okay, get your pearls. <laughs> All right. So this is what she says. She says that she wants to go to bed with him, which is something else she's very good at. And all day long, she's been thinking about exploding in each other's arms. Ah! Oh, is that the line? Yes. Oh, excuse me. So this is all accompanied by this like extended law metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Where she calls him counselor and then wants to know the verdict. And I'm just like, okay, 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 okay. I, if you talk to someone you're coming on to like this, pl- please message us, <laughs> email us, send carrier pigeons. I gotta know. And we want to interview you. If someone said this to me, I would, I wouldn't even mean to, I would laugh. Hmm. Like, that's something else I'm very good at. I'm like, what is happening? I just didn't understand. I just thought it was the weirdest way to like come on to somebody. So it didn't work for me, Shannon. Well, it didn't work for Reese either because poor Reese can't deal. He's out. He's out. 
I think it scared the crap out of him. He's headed to the bar, which to be honest, I, I want to go to the bar right now too. I, I think it's a little bit of a generational gap thing. It was it was too much for him. Mm-hmm. He that was that was more forthright than he was expecting. I'm an old soul, so I think it was more forthright for me. No judgment on Shannon. I'm super proud of her for owning her body and destiny and whatever. But it we'll come was up too with a better pickup line, <laughs> right? Yeah. But and don't do the extended law metaphor. Ugh, it was don't too much. That. So they cut they cut to Suzanne, who's appalled about Charlene because she's dancing with a guy from the kitchen. There's an awkward cut in here, and there's an awkward cut because there's a missing script alert. Yep. There is an entire... Oh, I mean, what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. There's an entire conversation at the bar uh, where Reese says what we presumed, that he was a little bit surprised. He didn't see it coming, and then it came, and he was just not prepared. In the, in the script, he says, well, I'm not sure I'm packing that much dynamite. To which I'm like, so wait, he didn't hook up with her because he doesn't think he can keep up? Not because he loves Julia? I, well, I, I think, I don't know. I didn't even think about it that way, I guess. So um, I'm going to probably sound a little, a little, I'm a little thrown. Because I, I, I think for me, I just had, I had other thoughts about this scene. I mean, because we, we learned that she's, uh, Burton is his partner that he's talking to, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And she says something to, or he, one of the things that he said is that she's even patted him on on the butt a few oh, times. Yeah. I mean, just the whole thing is weird. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know. Is this just like a guy talking to another guy? Is he going to get all, especially of that generation, and get all gushy about Julia? I, I don't know. But don't um, you think he would have then just said, "Yeah, I'll totally bag it." Well, maybe all I knew is if the other line bothered you hearing about whether or not he's packing dynamite in his <laughs> new or old underwear, I'm like, why is there so much focus on his crotch area? That's what I don't understand. Oh, I'm itching. Do you see me itching myself? <laughs> right. no, I want That's crotch. true. I, I feel like maybe I should. <laughs> I should tell you that Nikki has been scratching for a while now. All up top. <laughs> So we cut to the bathroom, and this is where the real dynamite happens. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Shannon has oddly decided to try to convince Julia it's a good idea for her to have an affair with Reese. We're just really leaning into that, whatever it meant to be a a woman of the moment in the 80s. Oh, my God. So she says she doesn't want to take him away from Julia. She just really wants a casual thing. And then Julia gets, like, really catty. You know what's kind of funny about that is, like, she... (laughs) I positioned my fingers on my face in a way that was weird and Nikki's making fun of me. Um, it's all it's all relevant, maybe. But what's really funny to me is like this is supposed to be progressive for the times, mm-hmm. but she's basically suggesting what happened a lot, I feel like, in the 60s and the 70s, which was basically all of these guys had like a side piece. Oh. And so, but maybe like what makes it more progressive is that it's just going to be out on the table and like we'll all know maybe we'll all go get our std testing done together Mm -hmm. i don't know but like it's just funny to me because it's really it doesn't really feel very progressive but you're right julia goes caddy all of a sudden wampus she's mean she compares her to menorah basically did you write her whole thing down you're always the one with the impressions um so okay well i also want to mention that mary joe is in the room 
they're like in the powder room at this place. And she, you see Mary Jo's face because she's sitting in the mirror. Uh, she sees all of this about to go down. And I just want there to be like a meme made. And she's like with some popcorn, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause she's like still like half in the bag. Right. When mm-hmm. she's in there anyway. And so she's almost kind of like laid down on the table. It's pretty excellent. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Julia basically calls her trash despite being very pretty and clever. Um, she uses the term compost. Like you said, manure um, that that's the classy Southern w- lady way to say trash. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, so um, she also mentions that she's watched it be hauled away in wagons, compost, mm-hmm. to which I said, how old is Julia? <laughs> old. So I didn't have the all the words, I think, is what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> but when when Julia says all this and she just haughtily runs out of the room, Mary Jo pops in and says, around the office, oh, we call her the Terminator. <laughs> and that's pretty much where things wrap up between uh, Julia and Shannon. So it didn't, it didn't work out for, for, for poor Shannon, but now she's back with Reese um, and tells him she just she doesn't have indiscriminate sex with random people she's very particular so he should really see this as a compliment of sorts an opportunity sure that's a word um and he just really politely declines her offer he likes commitment he's Mm -hmm. uh and i think again we get this kind of like generational thing he likes commitment and i do think he likes julia yeah, I th- of course. Yeah, I, I, they are really into each other. I mean, that's clear. They're just being very immature this whole episode, mm-hmm. I think. So I, their brand doesn't work for me, but they're clearly meant for one another. Uh, one thing that I have to say is, did you notice the giant discotheque ball? I did not, but I appreciate you calling it a discotheque ball. What's it called? Disco ball. <laughs> oh, no, I think in here it's called a discotheque okay. ball. Okay. <laughs> No, no, in 87, it's definitely a discotheque ball. Um, first of all, feels like a weird thing to have at a classy country club event. But also, this episode is not worth going back to rewatch, but it's almost worth going back just to see them use this as a transition. So in between these different <laughs> scenes between people, they'll like kind of go up to the disco ball. That's a hipper thing to call it. And then um, then they'll kind of cascade back down to the different scene. And that way you still know we're still at the dance. And I don't know. There was just something about it that really made me kind of like chuckle when I was watching this really wonderful episode. Um, but what cuts again between the transition of the disco ball. You guys can't see, but there's a lot of flailing of my arms right now because that's what disco balls do. Um, but it's Julia and Reese and they're slow dancing again. This time it's a little slower, a little closer. They've made up. Who saw that coming? Oh, just all of us. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah. Color me shocked. Yeah, there, don't worry. There's another mention of underwear though. We do get that. We also get a flash over to Suzanne. And I think there, and I'm just going to go ahead and foreshadow. Obviously, Nikki and I have to watch a little ahead. I don't want to give anything away except for to say that it feels like what LBT starts to do is in, she is capturing the things that the audience is saying, but in the mouths of the characters. And I felt that here with Suzanne because when it goes over to her and Suzanne is like sitting there with JD still and she's watching them dance, um, she says, 
I don't know why I bothered to get so upset. I mean, they just thrive on this stuff. Mm. And that's exactly where I'm kind of at. They're ju- they're enjoying this. Like we said in the other episode, and I'm going to clean this version up. They like to fight so that they can make up. Mm-hmm. And that's what this episode was for me. Uh, and then what is our final underwear moment? Because I-, I want the people to get all the underwears. Oh, darn. I didn't write it down. I just know that <laughs> there was an underwear mention. I got it. No oh, good. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put you on the underwear <laughs> spot. So they show that they come back to them one last time, Reese and Julie on the dance floor, and he invites her to find out if he actually got those new underwear. That's right. Well, oh. you you just kind of. That's why I had to write it down because, guys, this is the kind of stuff that we like to erase from our memory. Mm, fast. And that's where the show ends. So, hallelujah to that. <laughs> so Nikki, are you ready to rate this underwear? I mean, sucker. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Uh, did you have a rating scale this time? I do now. Is it underwear? It's Big Flicks. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Why don't you start us off then? Uh, okay. Uh, I did two. <laughs> two of my Big Flicks. In show. <laughs> I gave it a two. Two. What was your rating scale? Uh, pairs of good looking underwear. Oh, ah. I like the Bix, so I'm gonna switch to yours. Big flicks. Yep, it's just boring. Uh, yeah, I can't handle. I I don't get this Julia Reese toxicity. It feels toxic to me, and I don't like it. And I understand it's their bag, so have at it. But every time I have to watch it, <laughs> yeah. And I think we've talked about this before, but it's sort of like we kind of know. I doubt anyone else is watching <laughs> these episodes. Is even like whoever's following along, mm-hmm. they are not watching these episodes four and five times. Yeah, that's our gift. Yeah, <laughs> and I think like sometimes I'm like I I'll like it a little bit more every time right. I watch it. I've had those episodes, and then there's sometimes when I have to go back to watch it. I have to go back to watch it. Yeah. And that's what this one felt like for me. I was actually excited by the name of it. I thought they could have done something really good with it, mm. but it just didn't land for me. Yeah. So I felt agitated with them most of the episode, mm-hmm. Julia and Reese. And I kind of think at least from what we've seen so far, um, it's more of what you're saying. There's a terrible couple. They really are not great together. Made for each other, maybe, but they're just not like, they're not a good time to watch. Um, They're stubborn to a fault. They're being immature. uh, And the whole fight so we can make up routine, it just doesn't resonate with me. I'm not like that. Again, like, I don't have to, I don't have to be like you to enjoy something. But for me, when I'm mad, I am pissed. And Mm. I want you to go fly a kite. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get close to you. I don't want to slow dance with you. No. I don't want to do none of that. So that just that whole kind of mentality, just I don't get it. So um, also, I have to say that there was something a little icky to me about the portrayal of Shannon and how she was written. Mm-hmm. And part of that is like we they take this scene out where you, that the missing script that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. But it's hilarious to me because what we're presenting here is that man this is really an issue. These young oversex women just infiltrate in the workplace. And mm. my thought was, is that the problem? Oh, was that really the issue? These, huh. just these women, these newfangled women just coming into the workplace. They're just wanting to pat everybody's butt and just, mm. you know, sleep with the partners. I mean, I, you know, they're just, 
they're just causing a ruckus with their brains and their, their bodies. They're lawyering. Yeah, they're just coming in with their breasts and we're just very confused. We just have penises. I, I don't know. There was just something in it that read that way to me mm. and it didn't. And I was like, I don't think this was the big harassment problem. Mm. I'm not saying it never happened, but gosh, Hollywood loved a femme fatale. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was the other thing for me. And then it's just bored. I was bored. Anything else you want to say on the rating? Uh, uh, there were some bright spots. Oh, oh Anthony, sorry. Anthony right. is very funny. Uh, like you said earlier, Anthony and JD together. I That's just a dinner party group that I would want to be with. Yeah. They're really cute. I think um, Charlene's storyline about her future husband, it was so bizarre to set that up and then never really... There were cuts to her, like dancing with kitchen staff or whatever, but it just sort of ends. Like there's no whatever. Yeah. She's yeah. dancing with a random guy at the end. I don't know. That one felt like it could have been kind of funnier. And Under it just really used, wasn't. Right? It, yeah. Right. And, that, and a lot of times I feel like, and it's, again, to LBT's credit, it is really easy for you and I to sit here 30 years later and be, excuse me, 35 years later and be like, you know what you could have done. Oh, but. yeah, definitely. So, I couldn't do this any better. Uh, yeah. That's my favorite part of critiquing things. You know, like when you watch Olymp- Olympians and you're like, oh my God, he couldn't get to the end of the pool. And I couldn't do that. So what am I doing? This is just, this is for fun. This is just like opining. What we're trying to say is LBT, come on the show. (laughs) We couldn't do it any better. We're just, you know, we have the benefit, the gift of time removed and a different perspective. So we still offer our perspective. Yeah. No one's jumping to make our TV show. That's right. Well, not yet. Not yet. That's true. It depends on how many more times I get to say breast underwear and penis in this episode. You didn't get. I wonder if any of these are going to make it into the final final show. (laughs) That's what I like to sit around and see. How about some '80s things? I feel like I should have more, especially because you just said discotheque ball, and I totally like (laughs) did not catch the ball. Um, So I feel like I should have more. I don't really have any '80s things. Well, the funny thing is, I didn't have that on the list. I don't even know what I'm doing. On my list was a Rolodex. Oh, right. She's flipping through the Rolodex very angrily. And again, a lot of times I have things on my list and I realize they might still be a thing, but there's something that feels 80s about it. A Harlequin, a novel. Oh, right. That felt very 80s to me. That's it. Yeah. And a discotheque ball. (laughs) All right. Southern things. Uh, There was a Marietta, Georgia shout out. That was very exciting. Yes, that was very exciting. That's it. A country club ball, but I mean, um, right, not a discotheque ball, <laughs> right? Okay, um, so I had I had Marietta as well. For those of you who are not from the Atlanta area, Marietta is um, well, actually, you've mentioned it before. It's where the big chicken is, um, mm-hmm. in an earlier episode, but it's in the suburbs of Atlanta. Uh, I'm starting to think Uncouth needs to go on the bingo card if it's not already. Yeah. Can't remember and I don't have it in front of me. Uh, We do get a mention of rural Georgia where Julia apparently grew up. That seemed like it didn't fit in with the show Bible, wherever that sits. Yeah, that's a device of of telling this narrative. Yeah, this doesn't uh, seem to fit with this idea of them having servants and things growing up. I mean, you could. Maybe it was the servants running the compost wagon. Yeah, it could. Um, And you did mention earlier, you did ask, how old is Julia? And it's possible Atlanta was very rural when Julia was but a girl. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I guess if it was covered wagons. Um, The, uh, you mentioned this, the country club did feel particularly Southern Mm -hmm. to me. 
realize there are country clubs all over the U.S. I can't explain it, but it does. It mm-hmm. just feels Southern. And then uh, Reese, when they were, he was referring to his own underwear. My God, I've said underwear more times <laughs> in this episode than I said in my entire life. But um, he refers to them as being good looking. Good looking. And that felt very Southern to me as That's well. That's true. References, anything you had to look up? Nope. I'll just go ahead and just lay this napkin on the table and do some admission here. I did not know what a tulip pattern looked like. Oh. I'd, I'd seen it, I had seen it before, mm-hmm. and I think I had heard that terminology before, but I'd, I had to look it up to see it together to see what that pattern of a napkin looked like. Oh, okay. It's a little overdone. <laughs> not your style. Probably won't be having any tulip patterns on uh, the Smith table. <laughs> so, anyways... That was it for me. And then let's, what do we have coming up next? Next episode is episode 17, Nashville Bound. Ooh. Spoiler alert. I also thought that episode was going to be something different. I'm not enjoying these titles lately. Oh, but wouldn't it be nice if we were doing this episode in Nashville? It would be. That's true. <laughs> we're not. That's We are not. We are very much in Metro Atlanta. So as always... Follow along on social media. We are on Instagram and Facebook at Sweet Tea and TV. Uh, you can email us at sweetteatvpod at gmail.com or at www.sweetteatv.com. And if you are really enjoying this journey with us, share us with your friends, family, neighbors, strangers, uh, anyone you want to share it with and leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to the podcast. And now we'll just skip over the fact that <laughs> Nikki, once again, just asked you to pass us around to your friends. <laughs> do it on the phone (laughs) (laughs) whatever it takes um uh, and then stick around for this week's extra sugar we'll we'll talk about southern etiquette and we're gonna test nikki's table manners and see how much she knows and doesn't know oh no so we'll see you around the bend bye Welcome, Nikki, to this edition of Extra Sugar. Thank you. Uh, So what we're going to go ahead and do is just jump into what I'm calling today Southern Etiquette. And in case no one can understand my Southern accent, (laughs) that's Southern Etiquette. Uh, This is important because episode 16 really touches on... uh, etiquette in a couple of different ways particularly at the dinner table we get early on in the episode that anthony's um former cellmate t tommy reed really has an obsession with table Mm -hmm. manners uh we have anthony's flawless execution of a tulip pattern Mm -hmm. and then we also follow this whole thing up uh the entire episode is actually centered around the whole gang uh, mm-hmm. attending an event at a country club event. You know, you got to be real prim and proper for mm-hmm. the country club. Sure. Uh, I also wanted to go ahead and throw in that what we really have here is another Southern stereotype. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because basically, I'm going to posit that in entertainment, we get two versions of Southerners. This is four. <laughs> we get two versions, right? And I feel like one is like this Southern hillbilly mm-hmm. kind of character. The other is a Southern gentleman or a Southern belle or mm-hmm. lady. And then, and we're sort of positioned as either having the most impeccable table manners or basically biting our toenails. <laughs> 
at the dinner table. So I just want to ask before we jump into this, does that dichotomy resonate with you at all in what you see in TV? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And it's so like, I'm not going to admit now that I bite my toenails at the dinner table. I guess that's out the window. But it's just not, I mean, it's not true to my Southern experience. We're in that middle ground. We also talked about how we're a different social stratosphere than Julia and Suzanne are. So maybe that makes sense. That's true. They only bite their toenails in the privacy of their own home. <laughs> the idea of biting toenails is giving the heebie-jeebies. Ooh, so much. It's terrible. I'm sorry. All right. Etiquette is the set of requirements or rules for good social behavior in a community. So the word etiquette is actually French. I'm looking at you, kid, because you're the one that speaks French. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it comes from a time when people actually needed a physical ticket to visit the king and queen. Mm -hmm. And they were chosen based on how properly they acted. So, like, you had to have good manners and dress nicely and not just on special occasions. It's like the way you lived your life. This, your, your face is telling me this is new news. My face is telling you, we talk a lot about how hard it is to live in the world today, but... God, that sounds challenging. I'm, it's just, I will be like, it's really not that important to me to meet the it's king really or queen. Not. But back then, there's the ordained by God thing. So let's get into Southern etiquette. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, we can specifically talk about Southern, uh, table manners. That's mm-hmm. definitely a piece of this. But I also thought we could talk generally about Southern etiquette and what that means to us. Okay. So people, persons, individual, whom or whoever you are, because I don't ever know when to use whom and who. Um I shared with Nikki a Southern Living article before we met, and that article was titled 20 Unspoken Rules of Etiquette That Every Southerner Follows. We'll link to that from our website. What we don't want to do is go through all 20 because then we're just reading to you, and that's not a good time for anyone. What I did think we could do, however, is talk a little bit about, you know, our experience growing up. And I just go ahead and ask you, Nikki, after you read that list, what was it that... What was it that resonated with you the most and what resonated with you the least? There were a couple of um, ways that you carry yourself is maybe how I would sort of bucket those. Um, Those really resonated with me in in some of my mom's rules growing up. And then there were some about like kids, the whole like um, be seen but not heard does not resonate with me at all. So there were a couple in that vein that just really didn't resonate. Okay. Do you want specifics? Yeah. yeah, So chewing with your mouth open or talking with food in your mouth is one I felt in my soul because my I had to sit in the bathroom one time because I smacked my food at the dinner table. Oh, wow. Yeah. I ate dinner in the bathroom. So that one, absolutely. (laughs) Do you remember what you ate? (laughs) I don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Was it taco night? (laughs) (laughs) I really don't remember. I'm not talking about unpleasantries at the table. Mm. We definitely did not do that. And and our kids, you know, kids at a certain age want to talk about certain things. And we're just like, nope, that's just, that's just good manners, right? Oh, right, right. It's all the same thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there were some like um, that kids weren't allowed to sit at the table. Like if you were under 40, you couldn't sit under the table or Very you couldn't threshold. sit at the table. <laughs> Although I like that threshold now. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I'm just a baby. That was so strange to me. And maybe because my family was relatively, I have a large extended family, but like we never really sat at, you know, all around a table. We sort of spread out across the house. So there weren't real table rules. And then other families where we did sit at the table were relatively small. So there was no banishing the kids somewhere else. 
Well, so for me, I think the issue would have been is that I'd have been at the table by myself. Oh, right. So that's a good point. Yeah, it was just me and my sister a lot of the times. And then my brother later. It does feel like you'd have to have a significant. There's got to be a lot of the right things at play to have a kid's table. Right. I had a side of the family that did that. And there was just like a, a lot of a lot of kids. Right. So, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and then like please and thank you were big ones for us. And then yes, ma'am and, and no, sir. We've talked about that one before. And then one that made me laugh was never let on that you've heard Paul Paul tell that story before. That one made me laugh because to this day, I don't remember anyone telling me that it's rude to interrupt someone and say like, yeah, you've told me this before. I've already heard this. But to this day, I will not interrupt someone telling me the same story for the 14th time. Oh, that's so nice I of will you. not do it. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I might kind. say, oh, uh-huh, yeah. Like, and you get, like, if you were tuned in, you would get the sense that I've heard this before, mm-hmm. but I will not tell someone they've told me the same story before. Mostly because with pawpaws, it doesn't matter. They're still going to tell you. That's. <laughs> but That's also, true. it just feels super rude to me. Yeah. So what about you? so kind. Uh, So the one that resonated, or there was a couple, the very, very most, because I think we both agreed in a side conversation that we had that like a lot of them did. Mm -hmm. I would say a majority did for me, but always seeing your guests to the door when they leave is huge for me. Yeah. Um, And you'll probably notice that like when you leave. Can speak firsthand. Yes. uh And I'm going to watch you leave. (laughs) And it, and it is, it's, it's just, it was, that's ingrained in me. You make sure they get away safely. Right. I don't, I, I don't know if my family came from dangerous times. <laughs> what happens to you after you leave the driveway is not on you. That, well, a little down the road. I'll let you get a little piece down the road and then you got to take care of yourself. But if you're in my driveway, I'm responsible for you. I'm going to stand at the door. I'm going to wave at you. If we're family, we're going to follow each other out to the cars. Mm-hmm. It starts with hugs at the doors, hugs and kisses. Oh, bye. Then we're suddenly we're at the car. I'm going home with you. Like, you know, but, and that, that actually comes from both sides of my family. And I'm, I guess you could say regionally, I am half Southern and half Midwestern. It's spicy, like I've said before. So, but that is something like where we would wind up in conversations for 30, 45 minutes, an hour in the driveway. Oh yeah. So that's, that one's really important to me. And then this one is essential. Always hold the door for the next person behind you. Oh yeah. That is, but I'm also very angry when you don't. It's so rude, man. Yeah. You know I'm there. I know I'm there. Let's just say that I feel so seriously about it that even in a situation where, let's just say that it's a secure building and you've been told do not hold the door for the person behind you, they're going to have to cart me off to jail because if it comes down between me having to close the door, the person who's coming up the stairs, or me going to sit in the slammer... I'm going to go sit in the slammer. That's how important that feels to me. So, but also if I hold the door open for you and you just waltz through and give me no like connection. Acknowledgement. Oh man. That sends me. That also might wind me in uh, up in the slammer. I have occasionally said behind someone, well, you're welcome. Absolutely. Which probably isn't the most polite thing, but. But it does feel like the other part of being Southern for some reason. <laughs> like we, we, we do have impeccable manners, but we expect in kind. We're, right. We're so. also, and we're quick to anger. So. Right. 
we will smack you around <laughs> is what we're trying to say uh here's the ones that were lost on me just because it feels a little before my era st- yours too um standing when a lady comes into the room i was gonna get into that one and i felt like i'd already talked so long i was cutting myself off there's a bunch of there was some weirdness happening in there with like the male female rules yeah so it feels like a lot of work for the man for one it's just it's fine and also if the trade-off means that i get to work and not be barefoot and pregnant all the time and tying my husband's shoes and like putting them on just stay seated (laughs) if that's like if that's how you're making me feel special it's really okay um also this idea of ladies fixing their plates first is this the other kind of feminine masculine one okay so in men making their plates first at christmas all right first of all so my grandmothers used to make the plates for my grandfather's mm-hmm. I did this happen mm-hmm. okay I never understood this I remember being like eight and being like this is dumb so I think there's just all, there was always a little feminist inside of me I don't even know what to say it just it beats inside of me from a young age I will say I make Kyle's plate occasionally uh not because it's woman husband like Get weirdness <laughs> I, I do it uh, part of it is having young kids so like yeah. the one with their free hands will do it, you got it. the other part though I do sometimes feel like um I just go ahead and fix it like I'm fixing an extra plate what difference is it I'll go ahead and make it I love him so I'm happy to do it <laughs> I didn't know it was a rule though if I know it's a rule I'm not gonna do it maybe it is the rule that makes the rule it so yeah bad, I don't like that I just remember watching my grandmas when I was younger and it's not that they were they weren't busy they didn't have a, they weren't burping or diapering a child. They right. were just sitting there. So I, it bothered me a little bit. I'll have to say there's nothing wrong with doing something <laughs> out of the kindness of your heart. So I'll be very clear about that. Uh, and then, so my order actually is I tend to think of it in waves. Guests and or grandparents first. Mm-hmm. Um, help the parents with young children. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, ensure the host actually gets something. Mm. My spot no matter if I'm a guest or hosting, is last. And that's because I don't like the pressure. Oh. I like the time with the food. I want to think about it. I'm plotting. (laughs) So there is no etiquette to that. That's just called strategy, guys. That makes sense. So here's the table manner quiz. Let's go ahead and get into that. All right. Otherwise, I'll be talking about what ticks me off (laughs) until the end of time. Okay. So, Nikki. I want you to picture yourself. Well, go ahead and picture yourself. You're there. Put your, Get your hat on. <laughs> You're sitting at the, dinner ta- at the dinner table. You're looking at your setup in front of you. Mm-hmm. Where should you always keep your bread plate? <laughs> Left hand? Woohoo! Oh my god. Oh my and god. she got it. Turn it. Woo! Okay, they got it. It's the hat. Now it's you gotta hat. luckily touch it. You're right. Touch the hat. Say thank you. Gotta hat. adjust myself in my seat so I'm properly sitting. Right. And I've been slouched this entire time, by the way, just to be clear. <laughs> There's Woo! no food on the table. I'm so tired. My legs are all splayed. Because <laughs> I'm not a lady. I don't know what to tell you. All right. So when dining out, where should you put your napkin? If you're temporarily leaving the table and you don't want your plate cleared. Na, na, In your seat. Na, na. Good job. <laughs> Let's give her a little golf clap, if you will. All right. This is where it's going to get tricky. Maybe. I don't Why know. am I so competitive? <laughs> I don't know because you're only playing against yourself, by the way. <laughs> okay. That's the worst competitor. I'm like, do camera? 
All right. In the U.S., what is the proper way to hold one's knife and fork? I'm going to give you a hint because okay. that feels like nebulous, especially while cutting food. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was it? That's, that's it. Oh, right. Uh, I, I don't know how to answer that. You mean hand? Like which hand goes what? Mm-hmm. Okay. There's like, you're going to, do you switch hands at all? Yes. Is there... There's a hand switching involved. Okay. There is a hand switching involved. Okay. Give me a second. Oh, gosh. It does also have something to do with the fork. Oh. Oh. What way your fork should be. Holy moly. Oh, it's a toughie. Is it? See, I will show you what I would do. You tell me if this is the answer you're looking for. Fork in this hand. Uh Uh-huh. My right hand, because it's my dominant hand. Fork in that hand. Knife in the left hand. You cut. Then there's something about putting your fork down and then putting your knife back on the side of the plate or something. You're you're really, really close. Am I close? You're really close. Okay. Okay. So you have your fork in the left hand, actually. (gasps) That's where you start off when you're cutting. Your knife is in the right because that's your dominant hand. Okay, I want to say this Oh, my gosh. Just so you guys know, this is very leftist and rightist because I don't think that would work for a lefty. We're definitely being right-hand centric here. Can I also say I get my left and my right hand confused You can also say that. Um, then you're going to put the knife down. Mm-hmm. You're going to switch your fork to the right hand, right hand and your tines are facing upwards. Is that right? That's correct. Oh my. Uh, so bonus for European style. You want to give it a shot or do you want me to just tell you? Just what it tell is? me. <laughs> I've had enough with this. There's something very barbaric about it um, compared to the way we use our knives and forks. Like a, a, this or something. Like I feel like that's a, are you at a, a meat house? It's something You're shaving like, the lamb off? You, maybe barbaric was not the right word to use. It's weird. It just took a picture of us. Oh, good. Um, so here's how it works. Fork remains in the left hand. The knife helps to coax the food onto the fork, and instead of your tines being up, in this case, your tines remain down. down. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot Holy of weird. Moly. That's a lot to think through. It is. No wonder Julia Roberts lost her oyster or whatever it was in Pretty Woman. Oh. Oh, come on. Mm. <laughs> oh, she looks at me like she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. I've told you, I have not told you, but we've got a little list of movies to the side for you. Oh. <laughs> Somebody's got some homework. Are you... Hold on, hold on. I, I do have one more thing to share. Are you telling me you haven't seen Pretty Woman? <laughs> okay, pauses. Pregnant pauses are not good <laughs> for not audio recordings. Okay. All right. Here is what I want to leave you with. An Emily Post quote. Oh, gosh. Okay. I can only imagine. Well, whenever two people's lives come together and affect one another, you have etiquette. Etiquette is not some rigid code of manners. It's simply how people's lives touch one another. Oh, my. And that's it. Now flop your hat one more time for us. All right, guys. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Extra Sugar. When we come back, I'm sure Nikki will let us know about how she was practicing her knife and fork work for us. And we'll see you on Episode 17. <laughs>